We acknowledge the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognise their continuing connection to land, waters and culture. We pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging. This is Cheryl from Jajawarong Country. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 166 of the Beyond Night podcast. It's what I hope is your favorite trio once again to bring the latest in the world of women's football to you. Myself, Del Roots and Magella Card. And we've all been busy watching grand finals, I think, this weekend. So let's start, I think, with you, Dale. Uh, you're nodding furiously. And yes, um, you we were in the same complex, two grand finals going on at the same time, NPL New South Wales and League One. And you watched, uh, yeah, but I thought it was a pretty interesting game. I would definitely say the less entertaining, uh, having watched the highlights of the League One game that you called. Um <clears throat> But in saying that, it was a fantastic match. It was mm. it was a game that it was a game that uh, either team could have won, and uh, fortunately somebody did, as mm. is the way with football generally speaking. Yes, yes. Uh, but yeah, it was great. I I wrote a lot about grand finals this week, as anybody <laughs> who's been paying attention to our uh, written stuff would know. Uh, but yeah, it's a, it's been a it's, it's this, there's only one more grand final to be played across the country, I believe. So. Yeah, uh, it's uh, we're nearly at that time of the year. Ah, uh, yes, the the ah, yes, the Capital Football Grand Final, which was uh which has been postponed because of a futsal tour. Mm-hmm. <sighs> well, uh, Madge, you you were at Suncorp Stadium where there were what, three or four Grand Finals on the same day, so that's um something different. Yeah, so I I'm I'm not sure why they decided to do it. I think maybe they just wanted to have a big event but um yeah the mm. four the four grand finals for um the men's and women's uh fqpl and npl finals so yeah it was it was a you know great day fun day lots of different clubs and teams coming in um in and out uh during the day and seeing all their fans uh sort of really turn up and celebrate uh, a couple of gold coast teams and a team from toowoomba and and a few um brisbane suburban teams so yeah great great afternoon Yep. And of course, Suncorp Stadium, a brilliant place to watch football. I hope the pitch is okay after all those games. This week's featured Matilda is Cap 166, Danielle Brogan. Made her Matilda's debut in 2009. Most recent cap was 2015. And perhaps most importantly to this podcast, a friend of Beyond 90, Lockie France, absolutely loves Danielle. Uh, Grassroots Club is Belmore Eagles, which I believe is the Canterbury Association in Sydney. Uh, Daniel had seven caps and was a defender. Also, 10 caps for the young Matildas. Uh, she actually started in the WNSL. Thanks to Dale for pointing this out uh, in the pre pod chat. Uh, she is a New South Wales Sapphire and then uh, played for Sydney FC, Adelaide United, and Perth Glory. One title, one trophies with Sydney FC. I think that's the club she's most associated with. Also, had a spell at Notts County back, uh, so, uh, back when they were, they were a big deal in, um, English football, sadly, I'm not kind of existed. Yeah, but yeah, no longer around. That was my next point. Yeah, and currently she's the director of women's football at uh, Perth SC, doing great things with the Azzurri. But Dale, you're saying, uh, I think you remember her time at uh, Sydney FC better than the rest of us. Yeah, I mean, she was definitely like Sydney FC pre kind of like Alana Kennedy and mm. Nat Tobin, like mm. that really strong central defender um, who most W League. Uh, fans of that era would definitely have have, be, have have associated that era with. Um, I think that her the the fact that she only made seven appearances for the for the Matildas kind of speaks to mm. the quality of player that we had in that situation in that position at the time. Um, but in saying that, like to, to even have made seven appearances in that uh, in that era as a central defender is pretty strong. Um, mm. Yeah, definitely. As I said, probably a player who. In another era, would have been playing in the WNS, uh, yeah, in the uh, NWSL rather, probably mm-hmm. in Europe. Like she was a decent mm-hmm. enough player to have to have played technically to have played in that in those uh, leagues in Europe. So, um, but yeah, just a um, kind of an all round, definitely not the kind of player that you wanted to play against. Um, mm. In my summation of her her defensive abilities, yeah, and uh, yeah, I just actually thought to look up her date of birth as he was talking about that yeah there is there is that theme of these amazing central defenders with not many caps because um mm. 
She's born in the same year as Ellie Brush, who unbelievably only has two senior caps. And I think we'll get onto yeah. Ellie Brush at some point before the end of the year. But yeah, it does, uh, does show we weren't always a nation of central midfielders. Sometimes, apparently back then, we were a nation of central defenders. And some of them, unfortunately, didn't get uh, the caps that perhaps their talent deserved. But good to see Danielle is still uh, very much involved in football and doing great things at Perth SC. Now, uh, let's move. Well, we got to start with the biggest news. Uh, Kara Cooney-Cross to Arsenal and Claire Hunt to PSG. Uh, who wants to go first? Do you match? I, I mean, it's, it's just exciting. I, I'd yeah. be more excited if I was an Arsenal fan, but um, mm-hmm. I'm not re- I don't really have an <clears throat> English team, but I think it's just great seeing such an amazing talent like Kyra and Claire also going to these big clubs, going to big leagues, uh, playing, well, unfortunately, Cairo won't be playing Champions League uh, this season mm. with Arsenal um, going out. But, uh, and, you know, I, and I like the move to Arsenal, I think, better than the previous move to Chelsea. I think she's probably got a, a better chance of potentially getting a bit more game time um, at in that Arsenal team. So, yeah, I, I think it's a great move. They seem to really love having her as well. So you, all the content with you know Ian Wright being, um, mm-hmm. you know, really excited and and um, pumping her up. I think it's yeah, it, it seems good, good, good on vibes, and and hopefully, uh, yeah, it remains a good fit for for Kyra going forward. And Claire, look, I mean, what a rise! I mean, what what can you say? It's um, PSG. Yeah, I mean the the French league. It's it'll be interesting to see how they go against Lyon this this season. But I mean, it's a, absolutely a step up from um from playing playing in the dub with the Western Sydney Wanderers. Uh, and absolutely deserved. She was amazing at the World Cup, and uh, exactly these sorts of moves that you love seeing for players uh, who really have breakout international tournaments, putting themselves in that marketplace and getting the reward for you know, barely, you know, stepping a foot wrong at the world cup. Yeah, I think completely agree. I think the biggest shock shock for uh, Claire is going to be going from training in what amounts to a demountable school uh, building to uh, PSG's brand spanking mm-hmm. new uh, bit that they've spent like six, million dollars on for their mm. academy and women's team and men's team um like say what you want about sports washing <laughs> but <laughs> holy moly the facilities at psg are absolutely phenomenal uh yeah i remember when uh we went over for the world cup the psg were just talking about uh building this uh building this new facility and yeah what they've what they've been able to achieve um with that facility is pretty fantastic like um yeah, it is a shame that PSG aren't going to be in the uh, aren't going to be in the Champions League this year. Obviously, being knocked out in the qualifying stages, but I mean, for her to be playing on a week in week out basis with players that are in that squad, I mean, Pim Verbeek once famously said that even training in the training in the German third division is better than playing in the A League. And I can tell you what, training in that PSG team is going to be pretty good. Uh, can't really complain too much about that. Um, Although I should say PSG are still in, obviously still in the uh, still in the Champions League, they do have the they do have a tie with Man um, United in a couple of weeks, but that's not going to happen. Um, in terms of Kyra, I think that like that it, the point that you make, Madge, about her being a better fit there than a than a fit for for Chelsea, really, I think is really what makes this deal so good to me. A they paid an absolute boatload of money for her. Um, because she was on such a long-term contract. Um, and I think that she's she's like one of... It's definitely not the most expensive player ever, but like the amount of money that they pay for her is pretty substantial in terms of a transfer fee. But I also think that she suits Arsenal's gameplay so much better than she would suit uh, Chelsea, who I uh, don't necessarily play in a way, in my opinion at least, that would suit her skill set as well as it would do at Arsenal, just because I think that Arsenal team tend to be a little bit more silky for one of a word as opposed to uh getting the ball up the pitch as quickly as possible they tend arsenal tend to as they always do tend to walk it into the net um and she's again going to be playing on a team with stina blackstinius viviana Miedemar, kim little 
um, the Aussie girls who are there. Um, and yeah, I can't, I mean, she's only what, like, how old is she? Like 23? 21, 21. 21. So, you know, going into a system at that age that is going to suit her so well. Yeah. Uh, may there be many more Olympicos in the future. Yes. Um, and uh, for for those of you lucky Optus Sports subscribers, maybe she can she can do an Olympico against Tottenham or something like that or whatever. Yeah, but, it's not free anymore, yeah. unfortunately, with my Optus yes. subscription or with my Optus plan. But uh, yeah. look, I think uh, she is definitely worth the six dollars ninety nine that I'm paying. No, oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, and her and all the other Aussies. At uh, small shout out to um, our friend of Beyond 90 and former contributor Marissa Lordanic. The F. The A in FAWSL stands for Australia. Yes, it does. <laughs> How good is that? Yes. <laughs> it's a football Australia. You know, exactly right. We have the our football own football Australia Super Women's Super League. Yeah, <laughs> we're coming to take over your Super League. I'm very yes. sorry. Yes, uh, it is time for the the. Um, how could how? I'm not good at delicate phrasing. It's time for the reparations over certain historical events. The Aussies are coming back to England. I am. We, I am. We will take over your that, league. That uh, I think it was in 19. Oh, was it in 1988 or in the 70s when an indigenous guy went over and planted a flag on the beach? I think of, it's the 80s. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, planted a flag on the beaches of uh, <laughs> uh, like the coasts of uh, the coasts of Dover, being like, I've discovered this land. That's exactly what the FAWSL is like. We've yes, discovered yes. this league. <clears throat> There's so many good players here. It's ours now. Yes, yeah, we did. I'm going to say Beaches was very kind of you as well, Dale. Yeah, well. I don't, yes, for Dover, that's, out, that's. Or just even rocky outcrops. Yes, yeah. And uh, so I'm just imagining an Australian flag being planted at the Arsenal training ground. Not the official Australian flag, but the Simpsons Australian flag, which I yes. think should, which I think is a much better. Um, I completely It's a much better symbol of our people. <laughs> But uh, uh, Claire Hunt does not have a jersey number just yet, uh, but that I'm sure will be coming soon. And yes. yeah, I'm just having a look at. I, she's going to have a bit of a tough time getting game game time. Mm-hmm. I was having a look at this earlier. They've got Elisa Elisa de Almeida. They've got uh, Kashawi as well, although she's not much not well known as a centre back. They have signed Viola Caligaris uh, from Spain and uh, Jade Luguyi from Spain as well. Um, well. Caligaris is Swiss and Ligui is um, is French, but they were both playing in the uh, Liga F or whatever it's called at the moment. Mm. Um, the F stands for something we don't say on this podcast. Uh, but yeah, she's going to have a hell of a time getting game time. But I mean, if she does get game time in this PSG squad, um, yeah, she she could be one of the best defenders in Asia if she's if she's getting game time in that team. Yeah, yeah, well, well said. Um, as I. As I well, we're not getting any younger, and I do tend to go into they all they grow up so quickly mode. So I was just looking for old NPL stats for Kara Cross's most recent NPL appearances appearance, which is for Blacktown Spartans against Manly United on the thirtieth of May, twenty twenty one. So a shade over two years later, yeah. she's now an Arsenal player. Wow, that is so wild. <laughs> it's the same it's... as like Claire Hunt, like yeah. Claire Hunt's like, even Grand wilder. Has like fifteen hundred, yeah. like less than fifteen hundred people. Like yeah. there's nothing yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's a bit harder to find Claire Hunt's um, most recent NPL appearance because it's also the Claire Hunt story is also allied to her awful injury history. Injury, yeah. She just mm. kept like she would have played for Sydney Uni last year, except she was injured again, and then somehow she's hopefully it's finally all gone right for and i think mm-hmm. yeah i felt sure i've said this in previous podcasts we now we have seen why people persisted with her because uh she does stuff like this and she was like the security blanket at the back for the matildas during the world Would cup I be right uh, in, it was it her injury that caused that really long delay for camp united uh possibly the, there is one for tash prior uh, uh, it's Tash Pryor that I'm thinking. Tash Pryor, there, was, yeah. there was like a 20, yeah. 20 minute delay yeah. and a hundred minutes yeah. of yeah, twenty minutes yeah. of stoppage yeah. time. Tash Pryor is the bad one for uh, Canberra, but yes, Cl- Canberra have also suffered from Claire Hunt un- unavailability in the past. Uh, so, yeah, uh, all the best to them, and yeah, just as as I always say, NPL New South Wales, where stars are born. Now, something for Madge to lament and also for friend of the pod Megan to lament Philippines versus Matildas the Angie Beard bash has been moved to Optus Stadium so it's um at least it's only one game that's been moved mm. 
that's that's the only silver lining I can find at the moment. <clears throat> I mean, I know there's a lot of people that that think it's a good move. The more people you get along to games, but I don't know. It's just in in my mind, it's what it it seems just a bit short sighted to me. It's it's almost like you're just going after the sugar hit of big mm-hmm. crowds in the short term, but getting big crowds along to a game where the atmosphere isn't what it could be or what it should be for football because it's at a really large oval stadium. That doesn't actually create the lasting memories that I think people think it does. Just because it's a big crowd doesn't necessarily mean that's that, that that's the type of thing that's going to convert young kids to be absolute absolutely passionate for the game for the longer term um in my mind you build that sort of connection and excitement about the game you know playing at a good rectangular stadium that Perth have uh yeah uh, I guess yeah I, I again I guess, I guess probably it's just that it's the one game only there's still two other games uh that will hopefully be sold that are sold out as well uh, so that you can actually build that that fabulous atmosphere uh, at NIB as well. So um, that's probably the silver lining. I guess it is great that lots of people who missed out on tickets get to go along. Uh, it's just I know in active I will be basically not seeing any of the game at all yeah. because mm. we're going to have the worst seats in the house, uh, mm. but still having fun, still banging the drum. Yes. Um, but yeah, I'm, I have no doubt I will be enjoying the other two games a lot more uh, in a proper football stadium. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it is also, as you say, not just that you're not going to be seeing it, but the pitch at Perth Stadium is actually bigger than the MCG. So mm, uh, that's yeah, a problem. You're going to be you're going to be a long, long way away um not to you know dunk on anybody uh for that but um look okay football in australia has always suffered from shooting itself in the foot and Mm -hmm. while i don't necessarily think that this is that bad a case of that uh i completely see where Matt just coming from like it's it, it is unfortunate but at the same time like as you say like if you get you know, Perth Perth only got like five games at the World Cup. They're going to get this opportunity. It's going to allow more people, more kids to come and see it. And you know, it's a good, it's a good bit of money for the for the FA. I guess, like you know, the 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 goods definitely don't outweigh the bads. But you know, um, as you say, it's at least it's only one game. Yeah. And Perth, like they spent all that money on refitting Perth Oval to make it available, like make it make the facilities half decent for the world cup so um yeah you know just got, there's there's kind of a thing where or not even a theory but you know pretty well known that scarcity creates demand mm. um especially when it comes to tickets for an event like mm. this and like mm. while the philippines aren't exactly uh you know it's not like we're playing the u.s there mm. um oh no they're the reason <laughs> according oh, yeah. to i was getting that one person i, I have i have, I have, so, I have thoughts I have thoughts on that, so but yes. yeah, like it's not. It's obviously not the. It's you know it's, <clears throat> the demand is purely for the Matildas, but at the same time, I kind of, um, yeah, you're gonna be you're gonna be miles away. Um, mm. It's not exactly the best atmosphere, which is unfortunate. But yeah, go to the other games. Stand in the shed. Yeah. you'll have a lot of fun. Yes, and oh, and if if you can, although it would be a bit difficult on those weekly afternoon games, support the other teams as well. Like I think. If if you yeah. can at all, if you're all available, because it's uh it's it's a good chance to see countries that you wouldn't often see. But further to Madge's point, I think I'd need to address some of the tweets I've seen from my compatriots. Uh no. <laughs> the reason it's being no. moved to a bigger stadium is not because they're playing the Philippines. Uh can a country have main character syndrome? I don't know. Maybe maybe we do have it, because just just to clarify that for any anyone listening who is uh is possibly uh gone come to a different conclusion. Uh no no. Philippines versus Australia is being moved because it's a Sunday afternoon game, not a Thursday night game or a Wednesday night game. It is not because the Philippines brings in the punters. No, no. I would love that to be the case, but that's not yeah. it. Oh God. Interesting interesting fact. Uh the biggest sporting event at uh at 
Perth Stadium was actually not the AFL Grand Final in 2021. It was a Bledisloe Cup. So there you go. Hmm. Perth loves rugby. Uh, <laughs> it's all those South Africans. <laughs> uh, Never asked yes. somebody in Perth what they were, why they came there in the nineties. Anyway, moving on. Whoa, um, indeed. <laughs> we we shall move swiftly please, on. Please, yes. Uh, <laughs> ah, the you can now vote for the FIFA FIFA the best award nominations. I just realised how awkward that is to say. I would like to vote the... for this being the worst naming. <laughs> it's just. I, I don't think it's true. The FIFA, the best awards. Thanks. I mean, all mm. that money and you can't think of a, a snap of your name. Anyway, uh, uh, nominees related to the Matildas, uh, Mackenzie Arnold, Caitlin Ford, Mary Fowler, Sam Kerr, and Tony Gustafson. So a vote away for whoever you think um, should be, <clears throat> whoever you think should be getting an award. We've got a link in the show notes. We've got links to everything. Oh, most of the things we discuss in the show notes. And uh, yeah, just, uh, I, I'd love to see. Like, what are the categories, by the way? I should have prepared this because I mean, I, I actually just love that there is a goalkeeper category. Um, ah, yes. Yeah, mm. I think we were chatting about what was it last week? Yeah, how about yep, the yep. um Ballon d'Or? Yes. Um, yeah. doesn't have a goalkeeper category, so one thing FIFA's gotten right. Ah, yes. That's uh, right the categories are best men's and women's, best men's and women's, uh, best men's and women's player, coach, and goalkeeper, and the FIFA Fan Award. But best fan, best. Okay, I, I now I'm clicking in. I need to know more. I'm generally confused. Who is the? Where is the fan? What? Uh, the candidates okay. are Colón de Santa Fe, Herndl, dribbling a football, Fran Herndl inspired to raise women and girls. Okay, yeah, that's cool. Miguel Angel. There you go. On the eve of his passing, he met the first team squad ahead of their league clash against Alianza Petrolera. Touching, touching. I have no I, idea. That's um okay. Uh <clears throat> that was sadder than I wanted that to be, but uh, you can vote, <laughs> you vote for the FIFA yourself, fan award you as well. Did this to yourself. I, I I did and I will and something I also did to myself was looking at the EA Sports FC twenty four player ratings. So um I know Madge is into the gaming as I'm trying to stifle a cough, but uh yeah, it it's um Link in the show notes. Uh, no surprise that Alexia Puteas is ranked highest. Um, overall rating of 91. Uh, apologies to people that aren't gamers because this might be a bit boring. Sam Kerr, highest rated Australian, overall rating of 90. And the thing I did to myself, I looked up the Irish players. Katie McCabe, 85. <laughs> That's all well and good. Denise O'Sullivan, only 80. I'm disgusted. And to me, I think that whoever... Whoever is responsible for only giving Denise an 80 should be arrested because that's McCabe, to me, Kate that's equivalent McCabe, to a war crime. Kate McCabe, physical 99. Yeah, uh, 99. Yeah. Can, can, can someone get Composure, more than 99 10. out of me? <laughs> yeah. That, uh, I mean, you're so being 10, you're being so generous to my captain. Yeah, so thanks, yeah, thanks, yeah, Dale. Yeah, uh, but uh, that's, yeah, that, I mean, I, I'm sure that part of the release. Part of the reason they release this is to make people like me angry. So yes, I have been baited, and yes, in yes, Dale, I did entirely do this to myself, and I'll do it again next year. But yes, yeah, yeah we've linked to that, so you can also get angry at your favorite player not being rated highly enough. And, the only thing uh, I ever care about is like, and I don't have this game. I may not get it after I got last <laughs> the last year's one. I don't get every single year. Is will Caitlin Ford ever have a proper likeness? Ah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and every yes. time she sees, every time she comments it, like, why? Why do you do this to me? <laughs> yes. It's Yeah, she's just got the generic person with a bun face. Mm. <sighs> that is. The, the, other, the other good thing about these games, just um, the, the kind of shot and photo from the players that have just been absolutely butchered. You'd th- think we'd have the technology by now, but apparently we don't. Um, just just checking. Kate McKay's physicality is only an eighty-two. Oh uh, well, it's good that they're allowing blind people to have jobs at AA. <laughs> <laughs> the same as Amandine um, Henri. Anyway. Well, her physicality at the World Cup was zero, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so make make of that what you will. Oh my god. <laughs> oh. Trying to resemble uh, re- 
regain some sanity. Thanks to Stefan for um, uh, we won't just uh, we'll briefly discuss this, but he uh, alerted us of a very nice interview with Dub and NPL Capital Football referee Georgia Girardello. Of course, um, can't have games without referees, and yeah, George. Georgia also refing in the men's space down in the nation's capital. And I think her and especially uh, Delphina Shakespeare had to remember that she's married now to fellow Canberra ref Nathan Shakespeare, but I think they've been quite outspoken about the shortages of refs having Mm. to do what five or six uh, games a day in some instances, but yeah, they, they're really good uh, role models for women that uh, want to get in refereeing. And I I, like it. It, Are you said many times dale uh your where you grew up punches above its weight in terms of developing women footballers but that's also mm. the case for women officials because there's a lot yeah. Yeah. relative and to population that come from the canberra area even i mean uh international incident uh ben williams uh was he's oh, 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 from canberra and oh did some God. of his best work in the nation's what capital. a reference <laughs> ah. um but it's not. It's not just Canberra because if you think, if you remember back, and this is very kind of mid two thousand or mid twenty tens uh, A League men's chat, but um, Strebelovsky was the best referee in Australia for well, believed to be the best referee in Australia for a long time, and he's from Wollongong, and it's the same kind of thing. Like you, there are so few referees, top level referees in these places that they become that they their development is exponential and they're picked mm. up really quickly. And I think that that's mm. the thing with uh, both Delfina and Georgia mm. is that they get these big games because I, it's, it's the, again, I've said it before. It's the Wagga Wagga syndrome of Canberra. Mm. Like they get picked up because they're close enough to Sydney who will invariably mm. have the yeah. Canberra, Sydney or Newcastle will invariably have yeah. a game every week. They will get a run. They are always getting a run in NPL, uh, women and in men in Canberra because there are so few top flight referees and mm. because they get so many runs, they're always doing the big games. So I think uh, the three, uh, Georgia Delfina, and there was another uh, assistant referee whose name escapes to me at the moment, but I think they did the men's preliminary final in... Yeah, it must be. Mm-hmm. They did a, they did the pre, they did the men's uh, preliminary final on the weekend and uh, I think Georgia will do the, I assume that they would do the women's grand final in mm. a couple of weeks. So um, yeah, more power to them. Um, I have uh, always been pretty outspoken about the fact that sometimes uh, referees get it wrong. And I think that they need to be, uh, I think that we always need to have those discussions mm. about like performance, mm. just like they were players, but mm. I don't really have much to say in, in terms of Georgia. I mean, she's always been, pretty straight up and down when it comes to her refereeing, at least in my eyes. Um, and obviously Delphina is, yeah. you know, the queen of, course, of the I, queen I like of the line, seeing... So. Oh, yeah, 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 of course. Yes, she she is indeed. Um, so good, good to see um, Capital Football uh, publishing this article, and I think written by Sam Watson, because it helps to humanise uh, the third team, the match officials, and of course they deserve a spotlight because they work uh, sometimes, in a lot of cases, even harder than the players. And I'm I'm talking about this only to remind myself because I probably in my own job should probably interview a referee at some point. So I'm not just being a massive hypocrite, but I'm just talking about my own problems now. Mm. Uh, yeah, you could read that in the show notes. Um, let's see. Do we want to talk about Spain calling up all of the players that they that decided not Ooh. to play for Spain anymore? Yes, that is. Yes, I can't believe I almost missed that. Go ahead, tell. Uh, so Spain well, I, have called up. Yeah. 15, so they obviously, Jorge Vilda was let go uh, pretty unceremoniously by the RFEF, mm. as we mentioned last week. His former assistant and now head coach, Monse Tome, uh, has announced her first squad. 15 of the players who were in the World Cup squad have been called up. Uh, Jenny Hermoso is not all among those players, but despite, mm. th- I'm just reading from the Guardian, but despite 39 players making themselves unavailable for selection, uh, in an open letter which said not enough had been done, 21 of those players have been called yeah. up by Tom A. Blah, 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 blah. They're, my understanding, and I I hope I've got this right, is that in Spain, if you are called up to play for the national team, you are required to play for them unless you have retired mm. uh, or made yourself officially unavailable as opposed to saying that you will not play if X is not done. You have to make yourself officially unavailable, otherwise your professional license can be revoked. Uh, which is wild. 
Um, but yeah, uh, very interesting things coming out of Spain at the moment. As we have always said, uh, the structures of power are not necessarily upheld by those only at the top. They are upheld by those who are in power. And it'll be very interesting to see what comes of this uh, in the coming weeks and months. I'm just having a quick look and I'm thinking when does Spain play the next game? They play again. Nations League? Yeah, they play a Nations League game uh, this month. Um, so much, uh, much to come in the way of the Spanish Football League, uh, Spanish Football Team. Yeah, thanks for the reminder. I've just, uh, hopefully the SEO worked and the first article I've just linked to will explain that for you. But yeah, that is, um, uh, it's, we, why, why is women's sport like this? The, the team why wins the World Cup. And it's just, me it's just messy. <laughs> It's yeah. It's yeah. Anyway, so yeah. what's happening? Uh, Ws and signings. That'll be. Oh no, actually no. Before that, uh, Stefan also flagged us, flagged this to us. Um, so we've embedded a Twitter thread. Uh, it's about UK viewership, but I'm sure it'll be interesting to our view, uh, Australians uh, as well. Latest research from the Women's Sport Trust. Uh, basically, uh, reporting the highest viewing time on record, as in um average time by people surveyed spent watching uh women's sport it will not um surprise you to know that the women's world cup attracted a younger and more female demographic well yes yes it did is it turns and actually i can't remember where i found this tweet but um possibly this i'm just gonna say this is kieran yap because this sounds like a kieran yap tweet where he referenced someone that said someone he knew that uh they said i i i thought I didn't like sport, but it turned out I just didn't like large groups of men, which is what most I didn't like sport men's is. sport. Yes. yes, yes, and I, I, yeah, I and vibe with that a lot. <laughs> this is absolutely the type of research and data that you just want to really throw in someone like Danny Townsend's face, whose whole marketing strategy it seemed like when APL took took over uh, the A leagues. It's the marketing strategy for the A League women was just to convert the existing A League men's fans. Um, no, there is actually a different audience out there as well mm -hmm. that should be marketed to, and and this is the the, the sort of research and the sort of um, data that that really sort of backs that that up. And and smart teams, smart leagues, smart administrators should be going after those markets instead of just doing the same old same old that they've always done. And and further to that, there's been a lot of talk about uh, women's uh, A League women's memberships this mm. month, especially after the World Cup. And there's been an increase, I think, for a couple of clubs, like a fifteen hundred times membership increase in the women's uh, women's team. It's amazing what happens and when you actually publicise them. Exactly that they exist. Like people mm. don't know that these things exist. Like I know that. I mean, I'm very blessed, obviously, because my team only has women's memberships. Mm. Um, but like. They're, they've sold more 25% more memberships than their previous record, which for a club that only has relatively limited resources and only has a certain number of seats that you can sit in, mm -hmm. like is huge. And, you know, they're, they're, there's, there's, so much, there's so much more reason to buy a membership now because we have a full home and away season. We have 22, we've got 22 yes. rounds as opposed to when we first started, we only had like 10. So you're getting so much more bang for your buck. And... You know, you still get the opportunity to, like, you can still, from memory, I think with Sydney FC, you can still purchase, like, uh, you get a discount on your men's tickets, you get a discount mm. on merch, you get, you know, first pop for the uh, finals, you get, mm. you know, you you get your lunch box and all that other kind of stuff that the kids mm. go wild for with the Tiki Tocks mm. or whatever they do these days. <laughs> um, but, you know, there's so much more reason to buy a membership now other than just to have a membership you're getting so much more value out of it and the fact that they're advertising them and doing so much more business i think just screams to the fact that a nobody knew that these existed and b if you advertise things people will buy them mm -hmm. in this space like how do we not realize this and not to mention that all kids get into the women's league for yeah. free and supposedly there's Liberty been a Pass. huge jump yeah supposedly there's been a huge jump in the liberty pass uh, signups as well i think they somebody said that there was like 16,000 Liberty passes that had been sold like a week after the uh, World Cup final, which is wild. Yeah. So if you're a child, firstly, what are you doing listening to this podcast? Go to bed. 
secondly, pester your parents to buy you a limit, get you a limited pie. Yes. Done. There. Parenting brought to you by Beyond 90. That, but um, but <laughs> I would not... Sorry. We're very yes. sorry in advance. Yes. yes. Ah, and um, uh, I'm actually glad you mentioned... Uh, well, for, well, I'm not glad that you mentioned him, Madge. But a segue? A good segue? It's a segue. Is there's a seg- uh, Danny Townsend segue to um, a link in the article. Obviously, I'm, I'm so sick of talking about this issue, but that ridiculous grand final deal that sees all grand finals held in Sydney regardless of participants could be scrapped. Woo-hoo. So, uh, link to a Sydney Morning Herald article and, uh, in the pod notes for you. And yeah, I mean, I'm just... The, that. If they convert it to a magic round in Sydney, well, uh, Dale and I, it will be like uh, Christmases um, come true, basically. It would be like uh, if Christmas involved stabbing people. That's what the men's that's what the men's game is going to be like. I cannot believe that the concept of a magic round in the I League men is a possibility. <laughs> it's going to be mad. Yes, it's just like it will be the, the if you know anything about men's football. Most active groups have like a uh, tour of duty game where all of the big big head honchos go and you're mm. expected to come along. Mm. Yeah. New South Wales police just going to be clocking up that overtime. So, mm. um, But in saying that, it means that we could see like Combank used... Combank, I don't like doing that. Parramatta Stadium used for like mm. all of the women's games. Well, Leichhardt Oval, please don't be Leichhardt Oval, but Leichhardt Oval no, used no, for no, no, all no, of no, the women's can't, games, can't. which would be fantastic. I mean, even yeah. Cogra would be great. The facilities there are pretty good. Hmm. Um, but yeah, Cogra got be... four change groups. You're asking a lot of questions. Okay. Yeah. I know combat. I know Paramount. Para Para does. Para, para does. Uh, yeah. Leichhardt has two change rooms. They are brick walls with benches and hooks. That is your change yeah. room. Hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, yeah, I yeah, you can see that links back to early what. Um, what was mentioned earlier about viewing habits. I I had forgotten that. I was thinking only of the dub magic round and not of the the probable disaster that would be an A-League men's magic round. But yeah, it'd be, it'd be great for our side of the game at least. And as long as there's not a raw home game that happens in that round, I will be happy. <laughs> yes. Sure. Are there enough New South Wales-based teams? If we throw in Canberra, does that get us to half the league? Uh, I mean, if you five include out, Wellington, if five then out yes. of twelve. Yeah. I will mm. say, speaking of Wellington, uh, stoked to see that the little corner of yellow was at the. They were. Uh, oh yes. NPL New South Wales Grand Final. Good for them. Yeah. Um, supporting Charlotte Lancaster. I, mm-hmm. I, mean, I, I was I was busy with commentary for the other game, but yeah, that's a. Uh, like Charlotte has had a good season for the Bulls. We'll get onto that in a moment, but yes, uh, that. As long as that grand final deal is scrapped, we'll I think we'll, we'll be happy. Uh, obviously, we've got a list of the uh, this week's dub signings in view. Players uh, signed for A-League Women Clubs. It's not exhaustive, so let us know if we've missed anything. Um, <clears throat> uh, so I'll throw to the two of you in a moment to see what catches your eye. But uh, I see Melbourne Victory have signed a defender named Tory. Not the defender named Tory, but they've signed one of them. And also uh, Lydia Williams, which is uh, a very nice replacement for Casey Dumont, who sadly will not be returning to the club. But uh, Casey Dumont obviously trying other things with Hawthorne in AFLW. I'm very interested to see how Josie Wilson goes at Newcastle Jets. He's uh, been a stalwart at uh, fullback for Northern Tigers in NPL New South Wales can run like the winds. Uh, uh, you know, pretty good at uh, making those overlapping runs. Has gotten better with the ball. I've seen a progression of the last few seasons. Um, so yeah, but, but would like to see how how that goes because I think she deserves her opportunity. But oh, and a um, good news story: Annalie Longo playing for Wellington Phoenix, which yeah. I think is uh, lovely. Mm. Good to see her back in the league. Yeah. Oh, and uh, Riley Foster, who um, has recovered from a car accident that could have killed her, and um, there was some some pretty stark photos, like the story of her in that halo to basically immobilize her head because it was the injuries were that severe. But uh, she's uh, passed all checks and can resume her professional football career. So she's doing that with the Phoenix, and she'll be one of the Phoenix keepers along with Brianna Edwards. But um, 
something possibly to link both of your support, Cannon uh, Clough, former Raw flying fullback, now going to Canberra United, which is very interesting. Mm. Yeah, she's a great Canberra player, great person as well. <laughs> yeah, just another one of my banners. It's going to remain yeah. folded up in my yeah. cupboard. Yep. <laughs> yeah. You're, and, you're uh, welcome to bring it to Magic Round. <laughs> and you know what? It is it is generic enough. It doesn't. Mm-hmm. I don't think it has raw on it. So uh, yeah, oh. she's good value. Yeah. Yes, she is, and um, that's a uh, lot of talent at the fullback spots because uh, they that adds to Canberra from memory. Emma Ilioski and oh god, why have I gone blank? Tegan Bertolisio, who's been signed, but mm-hmm. also Sasha Grove could play at fullback. So can Haley Taylor Young. So they seem. Uh, well looked after for those two spots. Uh, just uh, won't go through every around Aussies abroad result, but Aoife Colville got on the field for Glasgow City. It's been a long time since that ACL injury, uh, but mm. um, she came on in the middle of Glasgow City um, administering a beatdown to Dundee United and uh, scored immediately. So well done, Aoife. Uh, let's see what else. And... More beatdowns. Uh, Jacinta Galabatarachi Sporting Portugal beat Vila Vadense 8 0. That um, sounds about right for uh, the Portuguese league. Uh, game time for Hayley Rasso and a yellow card uh, for Real Madrid. So, But but more importantly, good to see Liga F has actually gotten underway. So they only lost one mm. round to a strike. That's better than it could have been. And uh, and uh, ah, good more game time for Anna Margraf, uh with Sporting Sporting that well vote, uh, but they lost to Tenerife. Unfortunately, I think Cheryl's got in touch with Alex Gummer. She's still recovering from the effects of a long term concussion, so uh, she's not playing for Tunbona Oberland in the Swiss second division. And uh, in Nordic news, Larissa Krummer, uh assisted two of Brand's goals in their eight 0 win over Avaldsnes. What else is a notable full game for? Angie Beard, uh, as Lynn Shopping beat Ildebrough 3-0, or however you pronounce that. Um, oh, and the Danish Cup. Uh, Deborah and Delaharp scored one of HB Koya's 14 goals in their in their Danish Cup win over... That is, that is a crime. From, that <laughs> is... That... Oh, goodness. Um, uh, what's it? N-O-F-F? I only... I, I could only be bothered typing their initials. And... um. Yeah, fourteen nil. A team from outside the three, the top three tiers of Danish football. And did that mean uh, Koya dampened their post-match celebrations in the dressing room? No, it did not. They played their victory oh, man, song as loud as they normally would, and it looked, it seemed really mean, to be honest. But bigger USA Thailand yeah. energies. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, oh, so I think it's worth uh, mentioning. Mini scored that absolute I banger. Was, oh yeah, yes, that goal that's is right. an absolute page. Oh. Yeah, uh, yeah, just uh, in the right space for an underhit clearance, and absolutely making them pay cash for for mm-hmm. not clearing the ball properly. Uh, let's see, cup success. So AGF, Matilda McNamara and Ali Green, and Northland with Winona Heatley. They're through. They're um, also through to the third round of the Danish Cup, and then both AGF or oh, AGF Northland and Koya also won in the Danish league, and. Uh, Deborah Delharp, uh, maximum efficiency uh, in Koya's 5 0 win over Colding, subbed on in the 90th minute and scored immediately. So well done, Deborah. Uh, also, I believe Matilda McNamara still has played every league minute for AGF since signing for the club, which is now in the sec- now in the second season. That's really impressive. Uh, on to state league football and match. I mean, I think we'll go first to you because you were at uh, you're at the um. The Festival of Football at Suncorp Stadium. Yeah. Uh, so the well, the first game was uh, the FQPL men's, but then the second game of the day was the uh, FQPL, which is a second uh, division here in Queensland uh, between Brisbane City, who are undefeated the entire season, and Premiers. They had quite the stacked team. Um, Talitha Kramer, um, uh, Steph Latham ended up, uh, with the goal, runaway golden boot winner with 53 goals for the season. Um, uh, the the Friar twins, uh, Sean and uh, Laney, 
uh, Billy Murphy, like, yeah, just a, a really stacked team taking on Southwest Queensland Thunder from uh, from Toowoomba with a couple of stars of their own, um, Lana, Lana Hark, um, so still running around in, in second division uh, there as well, and Abby Lloyd as well, an ex-Brisbane Raw striker. But, yeah, it was um, Brisbane City absolutely dominated the game. But what I loved most about it was um, late in the game, the Thunder keeper came out and took out, uh, I think it was Sean um, on goal and, of course, got a red card. But by that stage, they had done all their subs. So one of my favourite things that ever happens is an outfielder having to go on goal and it was none other than Lana Hark, uh, the previous Julie Dolan medal winner, um, going in goal, taking that responsibility um, made a great save actually uh, from from a shot from Steph Lathan later in the game as well. Um, so yeah, that was a bit of fun, but uh, it ended up being five one in the end to Brisbane City. Really dominant performance. Although uh, Abby Lloyd did score an absolute screamer of a goal for the one goal for the the Thunder. Um, it was a great shot from outside the box. Um, but yeah, I. I think what's exciting about that team is assuming they keep that sort of team together into next season, you would think and hope that they should do quite well in NPL um, being promoted next season. So that would be really exciting uh, to sort of see, you know, Brisbane city uh, lions taking on each other, those two big Brisbane clubs. That's always, um, I think that'll be something to really look forward to next season in the NPL. And then the next game we had the NPL final between Eastern Suburbs and um, Gold Coast United, of course, conspicuous by the absence of Lions, meaning that uh, the first time in a while that we're getting a non-Lions name on the championship trophy. Uh, it, 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 it was a tense game, but uh, I think East got their goal fairly, fairly early in the game and there, there weren't too many shots really threatening either side for the rest of the game. And um, I think East just really, really controlled it for the rest rest of the game. And, um, you know, Gold Coast, I don't think they really had any fabulous chances. But, I mean, neither did East either. So, uh, but one wonderful win for East. Uh, they've been one of those teams that have been um, there and abouts for a long, long time uh, in Queensland football. So it's really great to see a great program uh get some rewards uh, and they had a huge turnout uh, really huge club lots of sort of um, you know lower age teams as well so the the turnout from the entire east club were, was um was amazing uh, and great crowd great atmosphere so yeah congrats congratulations to east and to brisbane city thanks match and uh it sounds like you enjoyed that day out at suncorp stadium uh i'll just um Briefly run through Stefan's capital football notes. Um, so we had midweek semis because of the aforementioned futsal tournament that uh, were basically, uh, if you missed this in previous pods, uh, capital football were uh, had the honor of representing Australia in a tournament held in uh, Thailand. So basically the capital football all-stars went to Thailand recently and that delayed the final series. But um, so it, a week ago, uh, in the game to go straight to the grand final, Belconnen defeated Canberra Olympic two goals to nil. And then the elimination final, Canberra Croatia defeated, knocked Gungarland United out three goals to two. Canberra Olympic needed a second chance and they defeated Canberra Croatia 4-1 on Sunday. So we have the grand final, Belconnen United versus Canberra Olympic. Pretty spicy, given that if a memory serves me correctly, Canberra Olympic have a lot of former Belconnen United players, Michaela Thornton being one of them, but by no means the only one. So uh, yeah, that'll be at Deakin Stadium. And as always, watch out, uh, keep an eye out for Stefan's uh, wonderful wrap of the event. Dale, NPL New South Wales Grand Final. You were there and it, 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 I, it sounded great. I was on another field, couldn't watch it, but, it definitely sounded it was, great. Yeah, it was um pretty full house at uh Valentine mm. Sports Park. Um it was uh MacArthur Rams who were backing up as last year's grand final winners, uh and they were taking on Bulls Academy, formerly Northbridge, formerly North Shore mm. Mariners, mm. 
who are ostensibly MacArthur FC of A-League men's fame's women's team, sort of, which is a mm. bit weird. Mm. Um, that's something we won't get into mm. here. Yes, um, especially but, if you know Sydney's geography. Yep, it's... Uh, it's yeah, it's, they're as far away from each other as you can be uh, mm. without crossing the spit bridge, basically. So, mm. um, yeah, super interesting match. It was nil-nil at halftime. Got pretty spicy just towards uh, halftime. There were a bunch of a bunch of yellow cards. Um, Rams definitely had the better of the attacking opportunities. Um, they had a really good save made uh, right before full time. Uh, right before halftime, Tr- Trudy Simmons, the mm-hmm. Bulls goalkeeper, made a really good save against Mel Caceres. Um And then the second half was kind of more of the same. Uh, got a little bit chippy towards the second, kind of in the mm-hmm. middle of the second half. Um, and then. What do you know? Lena Kamas came on and then about five minutes later scored a goal. And then about five minutes later after that scored another goal. And that was all she wrote, really. Um, she had really only had two opportunities. Kelly Brown had been really industrious and, and ended up playing out on the wing when uh, Kamas came on. Um, she had a couple of really, really good opportunities uh, late in the second half. And then, as I said, when Kamas came on, she she just took the opportunities. That's And that, that was the kind of thing that the game... Uh, the game was calling out for last year. It was fairly, it was a fairly similar game to last year, and that uh, it it was just that te- neither team could take their opportunities. And last year went to last year went to penalties, mm. and it did help that uh, Morgan Aquino had like the best game of mm-hmm. state league goalkeeping I've ever seen. Mm. Um, but while Trudy Simmons had a good game, it was just that Rams couldn't put it away. Um, and then yeah. Karma scored. Uh, she basically got a ball down the right side from, uh, I believe it was Tennille Hay, cut it back, mm. uh, had it saved at the first attempt and then kind of tucked it away um, past Trudy Simmons. And then the second goal just ghosted into the box. Bulls were all watching the ball. Mm. There was there was no stopping that, um, that header. Um, but yeah, champs, Rams champs again, three championships in the last five. Uh, completed seasons, first team to go back to back since 2016. Um, and you've got to say, on their late season form, they really deserved mm. it. They were one of the two best teams this season. Them and Arpia were going for the mm. premiership for for a good period of time. Um, and Arpia really, uh, they only ended up winning the premiership by three points from memory. But yeah, Rams Rams were definitely the better team on the day. That in saying that though, there were a, there are a lot of very good players in that Bulls Academy squad. Yes, I mentioned this. At, while I was at the game, but Avani Prakash is really one to keep an eye on. Mm-hmm. She of Commonwealth Bank, I believe, ad fame um, <laughs> during the Women's World Cup. Um, she is only 16 and she's already in the under 20 setup. Um, mm-hmm. So keep an eye on her. Um, there's Jess Seaman, Charlotte mm-hmm. Lancaster, as you mentioned. Um, there's a few other quite good players in that team that I wouldn't be surprised if get picked up for dub contracts in the, yeah. you know, even this year with the. Uh, with the summer window opening as well. Yeah, and uh, yeah. But, oh yeah, yeah. Thanks, thanks, Dale. And um, yeah, Vani Prakash, a player I heard about like when she was a SAP player like six years ago. So mm. it's good to see people weren't just typing off for no reason. She's uh, incredible. Like she, she has basically everything a number ten wants. She just, think just needs to work on the physical side of the game. But she's got the appreciation of space. Like she always seems to find. Uh, that pocket where she's able to turn and play a through ball or have a shot. And she's, you know, great touch can breeze past tackles. Yeah. Um, so Agreed. yeah, definitely a player to keep an eye on. Also liked, uh, we spoke about Lena Kamis recently as a feature Matilda, I think cap one, six, two, if memory serves me correctly. And it's good to see in that grand final. She did pretty much everything we spoke about in the introduction yeah. of that podcast. Cause she still got it and yeah. totally understands the art of a center forward. I loved her first goal in particular. I mentioned this to Dale, I think, on the night. Um, uh, Lena Kamis getting the better of um, Liz Gray and Trudy Simmons, formerly known as Trudy Burke, to score. A sentence that works both in 2023 and in 2014. So yeah. some things never change. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, but, but great that the three of them have been had shown such longevity in NPL New South Wales. Uh, Madge, I don't know how much uh, you've how much this event has been publicized up there, but it's good to see on Saturday. Uh, there'll be a game between NPL Select and Brisbane Raw. So um, has this has been done before, hasn't it? 
Uh, yeah, they have had uh, preseason games before. So I think uh, what's a little bit different <clears throat> about this one is uh, the a big Queensland Scots squad has been uh, selected. Uh, there'll be the the 22 that will go down to Victoria for the uh, Victoria versus Queensland and then the um, the remaining select squad will, yeah, play the friendly against the Raw. So give them a, a hit out pre-season. Um, I'm now not as worried about being very unorganised and missing out on both the Lions and Broncos tickets for Saturday. I will go and see this instead. <laughs> so I'm not yes. missing out on anything. Excellent. Good to hear. And I uh, can't wait to uh, hear about uh, your take on that in the next podcast. Also, uh, just briefly, um, yeah, I did not watch the NPL New South Wales Grand Final with Dale because I was doing commentary for New South Wales Second Division, uh, the League One Women's Grand Final, and I'm still very sad about it because Hills United lost uh, 4-0 to St. George FC. And I did like the message I got from Dale, uh, St. George FC scored and Eric sounds like someone shot his cat. Yes, I did. Yeah, Dale. it was, yes, it was I pretty did. bad. <laughs> It was, I was um, listening. I was listening while I was watching the while I was watching the NPL game, and yeah, um, not exactly a poker face when you call no, that goal. No, no I, I, I just remember. I never, uh, I never claimed to be neutral. That's uh, no. That, I, no, not at all. But uh, well done to St George FC. Um, you know, uh, finishing. Uh, finishing the regular season in fourth place and then knocking off knocking off the premiers and the promoted club UNSW in a odd semi-final that had to be played on on a Sunday and a Tuesday because of a horrific injury that required the abandonment of the game but and then very very convincing especially in the second half of that uh, grand final now uh unless I've missed anything we're going oh, on to Queens Kings and Dempers of the week before we just before oh. we shut that, just before we get to that, uh, shout out to Salisbury Inter and Perth oh, Red yeah. Star. Yes, yes. Salisbury won seven six on penalties after a two all draw against the Football South Australia NTC. Perth Red Star won four one against Perth, uh, Perth SC mm. of the Azzurri for mm. uh, those playing at home. Um, so they won the double. Salisbury Inter. Uh, I watched. Uh, Two very scrappy goals, but if you get a chance to watch uh, NTC's first goal, absolute cannon. Uh, but yeah. yeah, good luck. Good on them. Yep. Well, well done to Red Star and Intel. Yeah, so uh, Queens, Kings, and Emperors of the Week. And Madge, uh, you've already mentioned this, but uh, if, if, you please, if you could please talk about it some more. Yeah, look, I'm I'm never going to go <clears throat> past a, an outfielder going in goal, and when the outfielder happens to be a legend of the game, ex Matilda, ex Julie Dolan, medalist, and raw legend Lana Hark, why not? It's um, that's exactly the type of player that you hope and probably usually expect to step up in those sorts of situations. So, yeah, look, unfortunate for the Thunder to sort of have go go down to sort of ten players uh, in a final, but you know, I I love it. <laughs> kept me entertained so um yeah great areas on a tangent um i can remember maya markovsky doing this in the dub for melbourne victory has any mm -hmm. other out dub outfielder done it i feel like she can't be the only one um but... sure she's the only one that i can think of because i can think of it for raw a... men but i can't think of another oh, yeah. woman yeah i can only think of the men once mm. yeah ryan grant nice. did it in the acl for the yeah, for Sydney men, right. but I can't think of it but because it's always like there's always been a goalkeeper on the bench. Yeah, and, or, or and one sub left, or and yeah. always a sub left because yeah. they mm. they never like early years of the dub they only had four subs. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Ah well, uh, as long as it doesn't, as long as it's not because of an injury. Well, hopefully we can see it this season in some some form. Uh, Dale, uh, again, you've already mentioned this, but yeah, please. yeah, you're, your queen of the week's two, pretty obvious. I have two queens of the week, oh, I've yeah? decided. Uh, yes. My two queens of the week are the Karma sisters. Uh, Lena for scoring two fantastic goals. Uh, and then Sham for just doing, after that, the most dark arts goalkeeping stuff that you've ever seen in a game. Just like Excellent. lying on the ball, rolling the ball to herself. There was that one that I tweeted where she just let the ball roll all the way to the end of the 18-yard box and then picked it up 
and then just like slowly bounce the ball out. She took probably 15 seconds to get the ball from the end line to when she kicked it. Um, and, you know, they say that that's extremely frustrating when you're on the opposite side of it. And I don't care. I'm a goalkeeper and I do that. So yes. they are my Queens of the week. Did she do the thing where you catch a ball, take a deep breath and fall very slowly to the turf? She did that catching yes. a free kick. Yes. And there was nobody around and no need I to do it. I love that. I'm all here for it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I do love that. I even love that when the St. George FC keeper, Ali Hinson, former uh, MPL Capital Football alum, by the way, but Ali Hinson did that in the League One Women's Grand Final. I did make mention of that in commentary because I thought it was excellent and Ali had a yeah. very good game. Mm. Um, but yes, it wasn't all um, sad news for Hills United. My queen of the week is Amanda Rimmer, the partner of Hills United president Tristan, because she did a shoey after the Hills United under-20 team one-day grand final. That's the club's first ever women's trophy in only their second year with um, senior women's teams, so first grade and under-20. So well done to them. I've embedded... and uh, Good, good on Hills United Socials for putting this on Instagram so we can see this disgusting Australian tradition in action. <laughs> um, going off the numbers in Amanda's Instagram handle, she's about she's about 50 years old, but uh, good to see she still has hilariously terrible decision-making. Well done, you, <laughs> and I hope she didn't get sick. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, does anyone else have anything to add? I think we've finished on the perfect note. Yes, we have. So on behalf of Del Roots and Card, this is Eric Sabihano signing off for episode 166 of the Beyond 90 podcast. Thanks for your support. We really appreciate it. Wishing you plenty of good vibes, great coffee, sick tattoos, razzlers, and alcohol consumed in questionable circumstances. See you next week. <laughs>